You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. We have got a lot, a lot, a lot of phone calls. I just looked at it right now, and I see 23 phone calls that we have to get through. So we don't have time for niceties. We don't have time for polite conversation or um, getting to know you sessions. We got to get rolling. So we're going to get started right off the bat and get started with Nico. What's up, man? Hey, Ryan. Hey. What's up? Uh, nothing. Just chilling. So, uh, I just listened to your tiny little rant about the uh, the uh, person who's literally crying over George Pickens. Literally. they're going to become the next Jerry Brown Rice, yeah. you know, whatever receiver. Um, that's racist. I mean, that's not crazy at all, because if you just follow the same you know, formula, that means Love's going to throw for like 6,000 yards and almost 70 touchdowns. Dang. Um, That's and awesome. And yeah, he threw three interceptions, but as everyone said, the two weren't his fault. That's true. So he's going to throw like, I don't know, 20 interceptions with yeah. 70 touchdowns and 6,000 yards. It's not a bad That's ratio. I love that that formula. Yeah. That's great. Um. Oh, and your buddy, Dexter Williams, is going to rush for almost 2,000 yards. Yes. Yeah, he averaged nine Point seven yes. or something. So uh, you should love that. Woo. And, uh, yeah, Dang. That's great. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that formula because clearly you can just average out what they did in one quarter and yeah. times it by whatever and makes it up for the year because you're going to do that every quarter because that's, that's totally Every quarter, football. every game. And I love how all these blue check people are so stupid. It <laughs> makes me want to puke sometimes. Um, took a turn. to how dumb they are. But, hey, you know what? Uh, we got a couple of those too on our side, I'm sure. Uh, but hey, uh, hey, love the show. Uh, thanks for taking my call and uh, go pack, go and yay for tacos. Perfect call, man. That's all I can say. Perfect call, Tom. What's going on, man? Hello, Packernet. This is Tom. You know, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm cutting you off already. But again, I I have to look at the transcription here by Google, and it says "Hello, pregnant." And I sometimes I read stuff and I'm like, what is this going to be? I'm terrified. Giving a call, maybe for tomorrow or for tonight. Yep. I don't know. Uh, question number one: What are your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey? A lot of people give him the the boost of how talented he is. However, the injury stuff. Love to hear thoughts. Bye. Um, yeah. So that that's pretty much it. I. I feel like he's still one of the best, if not the best, running backs in the NFL, but I also feel like I haven't seen him play in like two years. I don't know. He's he's just been injured, and that team has been garbage for so long, I haven't really thought about him. So I would be concerned about Christian McCaffrey as a as being a really good player, but I, I want to leave room for him to just suddenly be not nearly as good, especially when a lot of what he does is, is he's so shifty. And you start, your body starts breaking down, and... and He's the kind of guy that'll fall off a cliff real fast, you know. Um, the cerebral type players are the ones that can last longer. Um, the the more physical, especially if you start talking about knees and ankles and 
knees and toes. Um, knees and toes. For a guy that's cutting and whatnot on a dime, as he does, we'll see. But I, I, as far as I know, he's still an elite running back. Hey, how's it going, Ryan? Hey. This is uh, call number five. Call number time. five. Uh, you know, it just struck me today that uh, there's there's one guy on the team that nobody's talking about uh, that I think needs to be given some respect and I think needs to be talked about a little more. So All I'm right. going to give you a platform here to talk about him. I don't know how you feel about him. Uh, you may have covered it at some point, but I've got the memory of a goldfish. Same. So, uh, and that's Alan Lazard. And, and yeah. you know, I think the kid can can do some things this year. Is is, is the spotlight of the offense here? Uh, he's a mismatch problem for for smaller corners. He's a, you know, I think he's going to be improved, and it's going to be hard to uh, replace what Devontae did, of course. But um, I think he's going to offer us a, a a little bit different spark here, and we, we're just scratching surface what he can do. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that man right there. So I'm I'm leaning more and more every day toward you know th- there's. There's the question of Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for X yards and Y touchdowns, right? He's going to throw a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Who is going to be the recipient of that? And I never really fully said that I think Lazard is going to just completely blow up, but I at least threw out that possibility, right? The whole Robert Brooks thing that maybe he could be that guy. You never know. I'm slowly day by day drifting further away from that, Um Insofar as, you know, he may be wide receiver one, but I don't see 1,500 yards, maybe like 700. And then the next highest is like, you know, 650 or something. But I just think with the emergence of, you know, Sammy Watkins is really starting to break out. And I know Randall Cobb is is a favorite of Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Romeo Dobbs is really emerging. And it's hard to deny what he's doing. And if he's going to be open down the field as much as he has been, even with the drop issues, the ball is going to go his direction a lot, and he only needs to catch a couple of those to, to really dominate the yardage category. And on top of that, you've got Aaron Rodgers specifically highlighting the running backs, saying that he thinks that they're each going to get 50 receptions this year, which would not be anything special for Aaron Jones, but it would be for A.J. Dillon. But the bottom line is he's highlighting the running backs as being featured more so as receivers uh, than, than what we've seen in the past. So I just think it's going to be probably closer to an even distribution, which, again, I'm completely fine with. I actually prefer the idea. You know, I mean, just just think about it this way. Which off, which offense for the Packers sounds more scary? Alan Lazard was, our, was clearly our best wide receiver, or we were a team that basically just had a bunch of different weapons from Aaron Jones to A.J. Dillon to Alan Lazard to Sammy Watkins to Romeo Dobbs to Christian Watson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I prefer the latter by a mile. I don't like the concept, even with Devontae, of saying we've, we've got a team that's Rodgers and Devontae and everyone else is kind of... Mm-hmm. I like going into it saying we have all these different weapons and they can only do certain things. Like Devontae can do everything, but these guys can only do certain things. But you know what? When you put them all together and you make them all equal parts of the offense as opposed to making this giant powerhouse only 10% of the offense and then this one guy 90%, Let's make this whole thing 100% of the offense and just have all these different weapons. I personally like that. I like that a lot. So, yeah, I, I like Lazard. I think Rodgers has locked him in as the number one. The team has locked him in as the number one. I think his potential is much higher than people think it is, but um, I just think that the distribution is going to be a lot more so than we've seen in the past. And uh, he's going he's gonna to see an uptick in his targets, in his receptions, in his yards, probably in his touchdowns, maybe, maybe not. But I don't, I don't really think it's going to blow up the same way or, or, or blow up as much as, as could be possible, I guess. Next up, we got Scuba Steve. And before we get to Scuba Steve, I, I, I actually have a shout-out 
for Scuba Steve. I have people messaging me about their favorite callers to the show now. Uh, Ryan, who is one of my longtime listeners and supporters, one of my earliest supporters to the podcast, he was messaging me today on Twitter and just called out Scuba Steve and was like, that dude is freaking hilarious. I don't know why, but I can't get enough of that guy. So anyway, Scuba, you got some fans, man. Uh, what's up today? Hey, uh, Ryan? Yeah. Hey, Ryan, you there? Yeah, man. Hey, Ryan. Yes, sir. This is Scuba Steve. Hey, 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 man. Um, well, first thing that we need to get taken care of is um, there's this guy. Yeah. I, I don't. Tom, Tom something, maybe Tom Austin. Okay. Um, I heard what he said yesterday on the show, and let's just get that cleared up right now. You could just say that I'm your favorite caller and and take care of that. Okay. And second of all, um, that Justin guy? Yeah, Justin. Yeah, I, I don't know who that Justin is. The Justin I know is from Michigan, and he's got a niece uh, named Haley. Right. So, um. Yeah, two completely different Justins, I think we're, we're talking about. That was my understanding of the Justin thing. I don't even know who the other Justin would be, but the Justin in Michigan is the Justin I was very much referring to. And when you said that story about when you broke your leg yeah, and they took you the next day, yep. it made me uh, kind of remember that it makes me feel bad because I did that to my son when he was like three years old and broke his arm. I said, well, you can move it, so you'll be okay. Yep. But then the next morning, I looked at myself, fine. I guess I have to take you to the hospital. So I, I know where you're all coming from. But To be fair, I grew up to be that same guy. I don't know if I would have been that bad with, like, a broken leg or whatever, but I'm absolutely that dad. My wife has always wanted to rush everybody to the hospital. I'm like, you know, let's just cook. I've done that to my wife, actually, um, when she's, like, broken her toe. And I'm like, I, do we know it's broken? Like, can we just... Maybe wait and see. I think I think one time we actually did that. I was like, let's just sleep on it, and then we'll see. And then the next day she woke up, and she's like, yes, it's still in pain. And it's hard because it's not like anything's sticking out. It's just a toy fell on her toe, and it's like, okay. And then the next day she ended up going, and it was broken. However, nothing you can do about a broken toe anyway. So it's kind of a – I feel bad because I'm sitting here not letting her go to the doctor because I'm like, it, you know, it doesn't seem that serious. I'm sure it hurts, but I mean, something just fell on your toe. How could it break? I don't know. Let's just see how it goes. But then at the same time, you do all that rigmarole and they're like, yeah, it's broken for sure. Anyways, um, go home. <laughs> okay, thanks. All right, your question. I do have a question. So my question today yeah. is, does Green Bay have like a rival in the NFC North? Like, would it be Chicago? Is it really a rivalry anymore? Yeah. And so that's just kind of my question, because I look at the NFC North, and I'm like, I don't know if that's a big deal. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But to me, it's not that big of a deal for the rivalries in the conference, at least the NFC North. Yeah. All right, I'd just like to get your thoughts and opinions. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. So I think it's kind of interesting, the rivalry situation, because you're right. I'm Again, I grew up in Illinois, so I always thought that that was a huge rivalry. And then I went to move to Wisconsin, and my Wisconsin family is like, nobody cares about Chicago. The Vikings are the bigger rivalry. And that's kind of the way it is now, where the Vikings are actually a good team, the Bears are not. And the Bears are somebody you just kind of make fun of. But I kind of feel like if we really wanted to get under Bears fans' skin, rather than engaging with them, the biggest slight we could do is to just ignore them, you know, and just 
completely cut them off from the right. Just, just, just tell everybody that it's no longer a rivalry. Our biggest rivals are the Vikings. That would because that's the only thing they have left is the fact that they're a historic franchise. They, they, their hatred for the Packers is real. But at the same time, it's the only thing that makes them relevant is that they are a part of this historic rivalry with the great Green Bay Packers. And if we all just collectively come together and just go, no, nobody actually cares about the Bears, you should pick a different team to be a big rivalry. I mean, you know, it it was nice to be a part of this whole rivalry thing, but let's be honest, this isn't a rivalry. We're more rivals with the Vikings, which is still a great rivalry. I mean, if you guys want to feature that, you know, on your NFL graphics or whatever you can. But um, no, I mean, I, I would stick with like Baltimore and Pittsburgh or, or some other kind of rivalry. Saints, Seahawks. No, I mean, the Saints, Seahawks. Sure, it doesn't matter. But it's not Bears Packers. That's not a rivalry. It, it just doesn't matter. Just really give them the Detroit Lions treatment. That would be the ultimate, just complete slap in the face. Because the Packers are the only reason the Bears are relevant, period. Now, I still have more hatred for the, and it's it's kind of new. Again, th- this is a brand new hatred for the Bears. I hated them before. Then I kind of didn't care because they stopped caring. And now that the Bears suddenly care again and want to pop off at the mouth since they got, I mean, going back to like Trubisky, it has rekindled that that anger. The Vikings, I don't, I don't really know why I don't dislike them more. Maybe it's just because, again, I, I think that Vikings fans, although unrealistic, are, are at least somewhat more realistic. If you talk to Vikings fans, they're a little too high on everybody, but you're supposed to be. It's your team. But at the same time, they're like, yeah, we're pretty good. And then you look at the team and you're like, yeah, they, they are. They're pretty good. Bears fans are saying stupid stuff. And it's like, would you just shut up? This team is trash. I mean, Bears fans' obsession with talking about how stupid PFF is because they don't grade their guys higher. Hey, newsflash, dum-dum. Your team isn't good because your players aren't good. I'm sorry PFF says your players aren't good, but explain to me how you have so many good players on your team, yet your team doesn't win football games. What is that? Oh, it's because of our coach. Your coach calls bad plays. Nope. Sorry. Your team sucks because your players suck. So, yeah, Vikings are probably a more accurate rivalry. I just I just dislike the Bears more at this particular point in time. If the Vikings start getting stupid, fine. And, and, and you know, week one, that'll be the bigger rivalry. But um, I, I just think for me personally, it's because they're at least a little bit more realistic. They have a somewhat respectable team. They pose a legitimate threat to the Packers. And um, they know it. They voice it. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty much accurate. Nothing really to get mad about there. Hey, uh, Ryan. Yes. This is Scuba Steve again. What's up, man? Um, another thought just popped into my head. All right. So I'm driving, and it says I have like zero miles left before I'm on empty, Ooh. and I need to get gas. All right. So my question is this. How low do you let your gas tank get before you stop and get gas? All right. Thanks. Bye. So I, I'm one of the people that lets it get real low. Uh, my wife always freaks out about it. Like when it gets down to a quarter tank, she has a panic attack. I, I don't really worry about it until it like touches E because in her mind, as soon as that needle touches E, you're done. Your, your car breaks and it starts on fire. What I know from personal experience is it'll drift pretty significantly past E. I've had that happen before where it's like, it's, it's, it goes from like touching the, the, you know, the, the one side of E to all the way past E. And then, then you got a tiny little gap between, and I've never run out of gas. So I know that once you get to E, you've got a little bit of time to go. You've got plenty of time at least to drive to the gas station. So when we get to a quarter tank, it's like, all right, I got to start getting thinking about getting gas. When it touches E, then it gets to the point where it's like, all right, I have to go get gas right now. Like you've put it off long enough. You got to get going. I'm that guy. And I literally have never run out of gas in my life. So 
Hey, Ryan. Hey. Goose here. Hey, Goose. I was just wondering when the dates for the uh, Operation <laughs> Money Heist and uh, Find the Transparent Scary thing are. Let me know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, we, we have a, a plan in place to rob a bank and uh, go capture ghosts, but I was not given a day and time. It's probably one of those things where they give it to you last minute because they don't, you know, it's uh, it's like secret secret stuff. So I'll I'll let you know, man. When 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 the bank heist is on, I will uh, let you know immediately. Hey Ryan, it's Blake Dad. What up? Um, just kind of been gathering some things as I've been listening to these. Um, your Bears rants are are really funny. I love them. Thank They're you. Just great. Um, so on a serious note. Honestly, what do you hate more, vegetables or the bears? Vegetables. Because I really am struggling trying to think of which one you actually hate more. Well, let me know later. It's 100% vegetables because I get joy from the Chicago Bears. I, I, I love the bears. I, I get, I'm so excited for the bears game coming up. If, if my wife said dinner will be ready in 10 minutes and it's vegetables, there's nothing to look forward to. There's a Bears game coming up, and I'm very much looking forward to it because I, I can't wait to see who sucks. <laughs> I am i can't wait for week two against the Bears because it's going to be glorious because we get to beat the Bears. So, you know, I, I, I dislike them, but I also get a massive amount of joy from them. I don't get anything from vegetables at all. So there you go. And Homestar, Homestyle, whatever, call in and spell his name That'd be so great. we can settle this so there's no debate. And also, um, uh, wanted to know if you would ever be willing to try any vegetable of any sort, <laughs> what is this? even if it was without your knowledge. Like if it was in there, you ate something and it was really good. Well, you're making up fake scenarios that wouldn't happen. You know how many times people have tried that and it doesn't work because vegetable people are completely oblivious to the fact that I, I, what is it with people that are like, if I hide it, they won't notice. I will. I don't like the taste. And if something tastes like that, you know, like, Oh, I don't know if you put it in the food, I'm going to notice. I don't know what that is. It's, it's weird to me. I'm wondering if it's just a hundred percent about the taste. Every vegetable you try is a taste issue. Or- yes. I literally gag. So yes, it tastes disgusting. Nasty. Or if it's just like a, a, a mind thing, like like so far what you've tried has been bad, but maybe you haven't tried the right combination of vegetables in something. Anyway, I, let me know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what combination of, you know, I, I don't even, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but let, let me give you an example of a time that this happened. I, I, we went to a friend's house. This is uh, my wife's friends from a very long time. We went over to their house. They made like meat and mashed potatoes and all this stuff. And I, I was eating, and it was the first time in my life the mashed potatoes taste gross. And I'm like, I've never had bad mashed potatoes, but these are quite bad, and I don't know why. And so my wife looks at me, and she goes, how do you like the mashed potatoes? And as soon as she said that, I was like, what is this garbage? But of course I have to be polite because we're at somebody's house, and I'm not going to look back at her and go, tastes like trash, actually, because maybe she's just asking a general question. And it's not like a, a one of those things, and... <laughs> And that would be really rude. So I was like, no, it's good. And she's like, do you like it? Like, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, you know, she made me say it like six times. And then she goes, 
It's cauliflower. <laughs> you didn't even notice, did ya? And it's like, <laughs> I did, but I'm being polite. It tastes disgusting. And, um, you know, but what am I supposed to do at that point? So I, I just, I just let it roll off my tongue. Did not eat any more of the uh, mashed potatoes or mashed cauliflower. And again, it's this whole, like, you can't even tell. You can't even notice. Let me give you another example. My grandma used to love, she loves, like, veggie pizzas and stuff. So we'd, we'd get pizzas, and she'd want to get, like, half and half. I would know if a piece has an onion on it before I even get to the onion. First of all, if I, if I took a bite before there was ever even a crunch, the, the, the aroma of onion would be so strong in my mouth, I would spit it out. And then I would dissect it because my grandma, like, you're being ridiculous. There's no pieces on that. I checked it. We checked. There's nothing on it. And I'd pull it all apart and be like, boom, right there. There's the onion. Oh, you, oh, that's ridiculous. No, it's not. You all are ridiculous for thinking I can't taste this. Why do you think I can't taste it? You guys are demented in the head. You just don't believe what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you I can taste it and I don't like the taste. The other thing that drives me nuts is like, uh, what the heck is that called? Zucchini bread. That is the dumbest thing in the world. I remember my, my wife gave me zucchini bread and I ate it and she's like, is it good? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good, but what's the point of the zucchini? Because you can't taste it. Well, she's like, well, it makes it more moist. Or like, but that, that was like the whole selling point is you can't taste it. How about this? Don't put it in there then. <laughs> Why are you putting it? It's not because it's healthy. It's literally chocolate chip bread. This is very unhealthy. So it's not for the health aspect. It's not for the taste aspect because the entire point of this is you can't taste it. So what is the point? The only thing is I don't want to eat it because I'm worried one of these times I'm either going to get a sense of a crunch or maybe a tiny hint of flavor and that's going to ruin the whole thing. Why did you ruin it with zucchini? Why would you do that? Just don't put it in there. The chocolate and the bread is the good part, not zucchini. What are you, what are you doing? Vegetable people are so weird. I don't get it. Just this obsession. It's also funny how like vegetarians love how their food when they, their food is shaped like meat. Never seen anyone try to shape their meat like vegetables. You know, never seen someone take ground beef, mold it into asparagus, and grill it on the grill. We're having um, vegetable uh, asparagus tonight. You know why? Because meat people don't have to try to sell anybody on how good the meat tastes. Because it just tastes good. The reason you need to shape your, your beans to look like meat is because your beans are trash and nobody wants to eat it. So you try to tell people it's meat and you try to make it taste like meat and look like meat and smell like meat. Otherwise, nobody wants to put it in their mouth because it's disgusting. The entire point of tofu is that it's like fake meat. Why don't you just eat the, why don't you just eat the beans? Why do you have to have fake meat? Why, what, what is the obsession with meat? You don't want meat? Don't eat meat. Go, go eat your vegetables. Stay away from my meat. Get out of here. It's weird. I don't get it. Just go do your own thing. Keep your zucchini out of my chocolate. You freak. Stop shaping your beans into meat and just go eat some grass and leave me alone. <laughs> you guys are worse than Jehovah's Witnesses. Just go away. I've never been to Wisconsin before, so if somebody was going to plan a trip to go to Wisconsin, aside from probably the obvious of checking out Lambeau Field, uh, what's, uh, what's to do? What's worth, uh, worth seeing? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, I, I could... We, we could do a tour of Wisconsin, but if you're just talking about in the Lambeau area, I don't know. I, again, I don't know much about it. The Milwaukee area, I would just probably point you to some burger places and some custard. You got to go to Cops, get some custard, get a burger, you know, go to Sally's. If you're making a big thing out of it and you're planning on staying a while but not in Green Bay, I would take a trip maybe up to like Manaqua 
It's a it's it's a it's a vacationy place, but not like Wisconsin Dells vacationy. It's not like touristy. They're just happy. It's it's a very it's a very nice vacation area that just happens to have a lot of people from Illinois there. And if you go a little bit north to to you know Mercer or whatever, you you lose all the Illinois people. But you're a tourist too, so it doesn't matter. And it it doesn't really matter. It's just a very nice scenic area. Lots of lakes, good fishing. It's nice out there. But yeah, I mean Wisconsin's not a metropolis. You got Milwaukee, you got Madison. Those are the places with like the restaurants and like stuff to do, but nothing that you can't do back in Michigan necessarily. Uh, you got up north, trees, lakes, whatnot. And then if you go, I think northeast and northwest, you've got like naturey waterfall type stuff. There's Door County up by the Green Bay area. Never been there, but a lot of people like it. Seems to be more like adult, you know, not like a place you'd want to take kids. Could be wrong. I don't know, but it just seems like it's a place where like older people like to go and visit. I just see pictures of like beautiful lakes and not like the lake. It's like Lake Michigan, not like a a lake that you'd want to go swimming in and do fun stuff. It's like, oh, isn't that pretty? And you take a picture of it. I don't know. Kind of depends what you're looking to do. If you're just driving through, then yeah, just grab some food recommendations, drive through, catch a game, head home. But again, it depends. Hello, Ryan. This is Thomas. Hi. Colin, you guessed it. A couple of questions. I did guess it. Question number one is out of the other receivers who are taking who are taken ahead of Christian Watson, yeah, who do you wish the Packers could have gotten from that? Okay. Not anyone before him, but just oh. anyone after him. Oh, oh. receivers. Okay. Question. All right. Um I feel like you're baiting me to say Pickens. <laughs> well here's the thing. I mean I, I, I was on record saying before all of this, that Pickens not only was one of my picks for the Packers, but I I think honestly was my number one wide receiver in the entire draft. But I still think I would not take Pickens because I'm very concerned about his mental stability. He he might be fine. I don't know. I I just have a lot of concerns and the Packers didn't take him for a reason. And that may be the reason. And I want to, I want to just kind of leave that be, you know, we'll see. I, Good chance he turns into a really good wide receiver, but I also think that there might be some issues down the road with him because something just seems a little bit off. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of really talented guys are just slightly off, and sometimes that works in your favor, and sometimes it's just a little bit too far off the deep end. So I'm not entirely sure. Um, Sky Moore for the Kansas City Chiefs has been doing a lot of really good things for Kansas City. Um, Wandale Robinson, I haven't heard in preseason necessarily, but I know he was having some training camp success. Um, so I'll probably lean Sky Moore, I think would be my answer. Um, again, tearing it up for the Chiefs, doing absolutely everything, deep routes, intermediate routes, even some stuff behind the line of scrimmage. So if I had to pick not Christian Watson, I would pick Sky Moore, but I wouldn't pick somebody else because I'm going to respect Gutekunst as being more intelligent than me and knowing the right person to pick. And so there you go. We're going to go with Christian Watson. Next question. Number two. With the NFL being more of a passing league, why is it that the Packers seem to continue with strong rushers? Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, a wonderful one-two punch combo. I know there's obvious answers, but I'm just trying to, you know, dig a little deeper. Question. Well, I mean, Aaron Jones is not. A.J. Dillon is, but um, A.J. Dillon also has turned into a great receiver. I don't know if we can give him credit for having seen that, you know. Um, 
I, if, if anything, I would say they're looking for their own version of Derrick Henry more so than we think he can be a good receiver. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess the one thing I do know is that they're not going to go out and just find those guys that are just really good receivers. I don't know that that's really much of a thing anymore. You know, those, those third down backs that just come in and, and, you know, the Packers never liked that. But now I feel like the NFL is just kind of entirely getting away from that. So I think you have to be a good runner first and foremost, but the Packers want to make sure you can do a little bit of everything, blocking, running, receiving. And it seems also like a lot of teams, you saw it with the Bears, I'm sure a lot of other teams, including the Packers with A.J. Dillon, it's be a good running back first and we'll we'll teach you to, to catch a football. Whether that's overconfidence on the coach's part or just generally seen as something that's kind of easier to coach up or teach, I don't know. But that does seem to be kind of the way that they go is let's get a guy that we like as a running back and then let's really drill the hands and see if we can turn him into a good receiver as an additional part of that. And for the Packers, they just want bigger. They want stronger. You know, they they want power. You know, a, a guy that can handle 20 to 30 carries, a guy that can last, you know, five, six, seven years in the league. And also on top of all that, just the the durability is is the uh, the physicality. But yeah, I, I guess I, I kind of see what you're saying in terms of it would be interesting to see the Packers maybe lean a little bit more receiver that can run as opposed to runner that can maybe catch. But I don't know. Number three. Out of these four teams, I'm curious to see who do you think, well, what do you think the rankings are? The standings. What do you think the standings sure. will be at the end of the year for these four teams? Lions? Giants, Cardinals, well, Seahawks, Seahawks, not Cardinals, okay. and the Falcons. Out of those four teams, what are their end-of-the-year standings going to look like? Question. I really was hoping you were going to put – I saw Cardinals, and I was like, oh, that's easy. They're going to be number one. <sighs> I'm going to kind of shoot from the hip here. I feel like if I put a little bit more time into it, come up with much better answers, but I'm just trying to go off the top of my head and think of what these teams are doing right now. Um, man, the car, the Seahawks, I'm so far removed from them, but I know I have a very low opinion of them also. I'm tempted to put the Falcons higher just because I know their, their defense is terrible, but I feel like they might have something on offense a little bit. Um, they don't really have a quarterback, I don't think, but they've got a top-tier tight end and seems like potentially a really good wide receiver. Um, Seahawks, well, I guess they have good receivers too. I don't know. Man. The Seahawks have an additional issue of dealing with, well, I guess I don't know what the 49ers are either, but, but generally perceived as a tough division. The Giants, I just don't know. I, I keep thinking higher of the Giants than I should. I re- I'm really trying to not put the Lions first here. I mean, who has the best quarterback of this group? This is a pathetic quarterback group. Is it Daniel Jones? Mariota for the Falcons is, in my opinion, a backup. <laughs> Cordero Patterson is their running back. I mean, this is this is bad, man. They've got maybe a couple corners. They don't have pass rushers. They don't have safeties. They don't have linebackers. The offensive line is decent, I guess. It's so bad, though. Seattle, no quarterback. Horrible offensive line, although they did draft Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, so they got two new tackles, but do we really trust their ability to get tackles? I mean, they've got two wide receivers, and that's almost, I mean, it it is, it's so bad. Who would win between the Seahawks and the Falcons? 
They both have a couple weapons, a backup quarterback. Falcons have a better offensive line, or the, uh, yeah, the Falcons have a better offensive line. They both have maybe some decent corners. I would say Falcons probably are a little better. Neither of them has defensive line linebackers um, or really any. I, I think the Falcons might be better, which is crazy. And we'll add in the New York Giants. Um, Daniel Jones is the best quarterback of the group. He kind of has some some wide receivers in Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney. They drafted Evan Neal. Thomas is pretty decent. So decent enough offensive line. Saquon, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Wandale Robinson, who they drafted. One good corner. They got Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't know if he's any good, but otherwise no real good pass rushers. All these defenses are almost identical. A couple good defensive tackles, but otherwise just like one good corner and everyone else is trash. One decent free safety. It's, it's, it's very similar to the Falcons, to be honest, but I think the quarterback is better, although the, the receiving weapons are not as good. Man, I, I, I think I'm just going to put the Giants barely ahead of the Falcons, but it's, it's, a, it's a complete toss-up. And then you get the Lions, who maybe have the worst quarterback of the group in Jared Goff, at least as far as PFF grade and stuff. I think he is. It's pretty bad. Um, Swift is massively overrated, not very good. The offensive line, though, is by far the best. However, surprisingly, maybe one of the worst wide receiver groups. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is good, but Chark is not. Williams is not playing half the year. Um, Hawkinson is decent. And then they have the worst DB group, the worst defensive tackle group, the worst... one of the worst linebacker groups, maybe the worst safety group. I think they have the worst defense, although they have Aiden Hutchinson, but still, this is probably the worst defense. <sighs> they really just have an offensive line and then Amon Ross St. Brown, so I can't I can't put them above. So I, I guess I have to put the Giants, then the Seahawks, then, or excuse me, the Giants, then the Falcons, did I say? Then... I don't know, man. Seahawks, Lions. I don't. I don't know. I really don't. It depends how this all shakes out. I mean, again, certain things. You look at the Lions; they're way better than everybody else. But in other areas, again, the defense is still probably the worst in the whole group. So, what do you do with that? Especially with a really bad quarterback, and maybe the quarterback takes a step because who knows? And Chark maybe improves the offense overall. And when Williams finally comes back from injury, maybe that's a thing. But this is bad, man. I mean, by far the worst corners, the worst DBs by a mile compared to the other three teams. Worst linebackers, worst defensive tackles, maybe second or third ranked wide receiver group, third or fourth ranked quarterback. So I, I, it's a four-way tie, but I'm just going to say so we can move on. Giants, Falcons, uh, Seahawks, Lions. And it's really just because the Seahawks have better weapons overall, so they can actually score points. Especially if it was head to head, I think they would torch this this def- this Lions defense. So trying not to be biased. When I first looked at it, I thought the Lions might be the first group, but man, that defense is so bad. And Jared Goff is really bad too. Is is another major issue. Number four. Yep. With the new little machine that the Packers got, uh, got me thinking. All right. If you could turn one of the Packers into the million-dollar man, just load them up with bionics. Yeah. Who are you choosing? And then finally, question number five. Um, I mean, my first thought immediately went to Aaron Rodgers because, I mean, if you could just perfect somebody, you'd want it to be your quarterback. Plus, if we're talking bionic man, you want him to... You know what? Jordan Love. I was going to say Rodgers, but then... 
two issues with Rodgers. Well, number one, he's already quite good, so you'd want to go to somebody else. But also, even if he's bionic, he's going to be a bionic retired man because he doesn't want to play anymore. But you load up Jordan Love, it's game over. Assuming some of the technology is, you know, helps with accuracy and things. I would, I would take that risk, and I would load up Jordan Love, and I would say, let's make him the man. And we're set. He's going to team up with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and Amari Rogers and A.J. Dillon and this young offensive line. I mean, th- this is the future, along with this elite defense. Dude, come on. Freaking come on. Now, you could, you could also take that in a, d- a different direction and, and say somebody like Rashawn Gary, and he would be the freakiest thing ever. Or, or just pick somebody that's maybe not quite as good, um, but also serves the same purpose. You know, Devontae Wyatt, just, just, I don't, it does, it's going to be awesome either way, but I think my answer is Jordan Love for that reason. I, I want the next great quarterback. Uh, is what would be your meal looking like if you went to a dollar menu with five dollars? Everything and a fast food menu, you get five dollars. What does the, what are you taking home? All right. Bye. Do, do I pick the fast food restaurant? I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to have to, or you want me to go through all of them. I went to a dollar menu with $5, everything and a fast food menu. Do you have $5? What does that? What are you taking home? All right, bye. I don't know. What's on the dollar menu, dude? Let's see what's on the dollar menu at McDonald's here. See, we're kind of speaking my language because I'm looking at this saying, okay, I get five things here. We got Nuggies, a McDouble, a McChicken, Sausage McRiddle, Sausage McMuffin, and a Sausage Biscuit. We can rule out the Sausage Biscuit, no disrespect, but I mean, you got to at least put some cheese on that, man. The Sausage McMuffin with cheese, that's worth thinking about. Sausage McRiddle also sounds good, and for the sake of variety, I might go that route. We can get rid of hash browns, that's silly. Fries are worth thinking about, maybe, but mm, let's say for sure we're doing Nuggets, that's one. I think I might do a McDouble and a Sausage McMuffin just because we got three things just to kind of mix it up. Now, do we continue to mix it up and get like fries and the Sausage McGriddle, or possibly McChicken, I guess, or do we double down somewhere? Because I wouldn't mind a second helping of Chicken Nugs. Go Double Nugs, McDouble, McMuffin, and fries? That sounds pretty good, man. Otherwise, we don't do the Double Nugs. We go Sausage McGriddle, I think, and fries. But no, I'm, I think I'm going to go Double Nugs, McDouble, McDouble, McMuffin, and fries. If we're doing Taco Bell, that beefy melt burrito looks delicious. I don't know if I've ever had that before, but it looks good. I know I like the cheesy roll-ups because I replicate that at home all the time when I don't have meat to use, and they're delicious. But it's kind of like, you know, you're not getting much for that buck, but I'm still at least getting one. It's a lot of stuff I don't think I would really care for because there's a lot of junk on it. I mean, you can get it without, I'm just, but then it kind of just becomes like, you know, just hit me with a taco. And a cheesy double beef burrito and a beefy melt burrito are $2. So it's not really a dollar menu. Some dollars, some $2. All right, give me the... I feel like I've had the cheesy double beef and it's delicious. Oh yeah, we're fine. There is sour cream, which is not really my jam, but I'll get over it. It's just beef, nacho cheese, rice, fiesta strips, three cheese blend. It's basically the exact same thing as the beefy melt burrito. (laughs) Beef, rice, three cheese blend, nacho cheese sauce, sour cream, fiesta strips. What is the difference? (laughs) It's literally the same thing. The beefy melt burrito and the classic cheesy double beef burrito are the same freaking thing. Anyways, I'll take one of either of those because it's the same thing. And then hit me up with some cinnamon twists and two cheesy rolls. And we'll stop at Taco Bell. Um, 
Man, we got to get flying. I, I think we're going to have some leftover questions here. Why don't we take a break as we're at 40 minutes, and then we'll just see how this goes from here. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash back underscore daddy. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, yeah, two questions for you, Ryan. All right. First question, you know, I keep hearing all these scenarios about like ghost hunting and what is it, robbing a bank? Yep. And uh, I want to be in on this. So I want to know what is a scenario where you would take five packers <laughs> and a listener and me and, and I would be the packernet team member? What yeah. would be something that you'd be like, oh, yeah, JJ's the guy for that. And it can't be podcasting related. Right. It's got to be something cool, like this Robin a Bank slash Ghostbusting thing. That, there, I left a long gap. Okay, yep, I'll, we'll just pause it. Um, it's hard because, like, yeah, Goose has been getting all the love, but Goose's role, I think, in both of these is to be quiet. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's about it. What uh, What could we do that would be cool? How about this one? We're going to go way out there in the scenarios. But like if we went back in the day, like the Roman Empire times, and we were going to charge forth and like take over other nations, that would be a scenario where I'd probably want you to be there. Because I think you are intelligent, tenacious, and extremely cutthroat, which would be some great, great attributes for that particular thing. Although, I'd hate to get stabbed in the back, you know, the whole Brutus situation. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. In the meantime... Be great to have you there. Pause. Um, okay, and then follow-up question, football question. So the uh, the jugs machine, it's like robotic. Yep. Do you think that now that we have that, we don't need these camp arms anymore? We can get rid of the Danny Atlings yeah. and Kurt Bankerts and Tim Boyles of the world and finally be done with all this nonsense. Just keep your true backup. And then use robots for the rest of it. It just makes sense to me. Because, like, come on. When are we ever going to need a practice squad quarterback? I mean, seriously. Let's say that Rodgers gets hurt and Jordan Love is the starter. And, like, okay, now you need a backup behind Jordan. Do you want it to be Tim Boyle? Who wants it to be Tim Boyle besides the crazy fans? Like, wouldn't you bring in a Blake Bortles or somebody instead in that situation? Because that's what they've been doing. Anyways, let me know. I feel like every time you call, you call in with something like 
really eye-opening and brilliant, but also it's like you didn't quite take it far enough. You know, it's like you've opened up this whole new world and it's like you you left you left me here to just pick up this thing that you left here and just be like, look at this great idea that I came up with all by myself that JJ never even thought of. I, I, I would say we're very, very close. And I think we should head in that direction for a billion reasons, but it's not going to be with this robot. We need the next iteration, the 2.0. You know, the, uh, the movie Short Circuit, where they got like the tracks on those, we, uh, the, uh, you know, the tracks on them so they can move around and stuff. Johnny Five, when he starts becoming the new quarterback, that's a huge day. For that exact reason, we can save all the roster spots. We don't need camp arms. We don't need any of that. We don't need the guys running. Because the, the, the problem with this is you can't really practice for mobile quarterbacks with a big lunking thing that doesn't move. What we need is to be able to program this thing to be a quarterback, not just in terms of the velocity as it shoots its you know football out, but I need this thing to move the way he moved. You know what I mean? You start putting sensors on it so we can like sack the thing, start getting super future. Man, I wish I could be around in 200 years when I when football's going on. You know how much crazy stuff there's going to be? You get these like robot quarterbacks with sensors that can see like how close people got to them, but then they can even like react to those things, but in a way that that quarterback would. You know, like it'll it'll react the way Russell Wilson does. So if you get some pressure, it'll break the pocket the way Russ does, and it'll break the pocket and it'll throw with Russ's accuracy on these certain routes. You basically just program it to have Russell Wilson there to practice against. Because right now we just got, you program how many miles per hour it shoots out of there. Which is cool, but come on, man. We got we to gotta up this AI game. We, we need Elon Musk, man. We don't have like the, 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 the big ambitious people. And it's not because we can't do it technologically. It's just because the NFL is so stuck in their like old school ways. You start investing the hundreds of millions of dollars into the different kinds of technology and just to have you know, 32 teams look at you and go, eh, seems stupid. Now you just lost all your money. But yeah, I think we're close. I think we're almost there. Just got to put some wheels on that thing, man. Put a couple wheels on it and boom, no more third string quarterbacks. Tommy, what's going on, man? <laughs> all right, this is a tubular job. <laughs> Calling you live on my phone. Um, <clears throat> so I thought that was Harry Carey, to be honest. Got a couple of more questions. Question number one. What is your favorite uh, amusement park ride? Um, I always I haven't done like rides since I was younger, but I always liked the zipper. I thought the zipper was fun. That's it. That's the question. Right. Number two, what is your favorite uh, fair food? Um, cheese fries. Load me up with some cheese fries. Question number three. What is your least favorite Carney game? Um, I've never, I don't think I've tried it, but maybe like the basketball one. Just because, I don't know. Just doesn't seem like something I'd want to try. You know, like I'd, I'll, I'll shoot the, uh, the balloons and I'll throw the ring on the goldfish bowls and stuff. I don't, I don't mind that so much, but. Um, I don't want to sit there looking like an idiot, like I can't play back. Because, first of all, I can't. Like, I cannot shoot anyways. But then, you know, the insecurity is going to magnify when you miss all the shots because the stupid game is rigged. Question number four. What is Tom Cruise's best role in a movie? (sighs) 
you're gonna make me look this up. Uh, I, I'm I'm leaning toward Rain Man just off the top of my head, but let me look back here. Um, Top Gun is obviously fantastic. Cocktail's a good movie. It really is. I forgot about that one. That's that's a that's a underrated movie, but I'm not putting it up there with Rain Man. I know A Few Good Men is popular. I'm not going to mention that I haven't seen it because people will lose their mind. Jerry Maguire. Jerry's a good one. I'm trying to think like his performance, though. Jerry's pretty good because it's the full range of emotion, but I guess Top Gun kind of does too. I guess Rain Man does too. I'll tell you, you know what? I know the answer. I'll tell you the answer. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> it's such a stupid role, but I've never been more satisfied with a Tom Cruise character than... Um, than him in Tropic Thunder. So that will be my answer. Question number five. And why hmm. is it uh, oh. him in Tropic Thunder? <laughs> I swear. All right. Call you back later. I Go swear I did bye not bye. see that at all. That's hilarious. It just it just is. It's just freaking hilarious. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not his best acting, but... I mean, I I was in tears, and I didn't think Tom Cruise could do that to me. Um, the the whole "you complete me" thing didn't really do it for me. But this this had me in tears, literally crying. Hey Ryan, it's Daryl. Hey, uh, I'm listening to the Packernet uh, after dark, uh, and uh, off the car thing, man. Uh, Dodge Viper, coolest damn car ever made. Yeah, man. I 100 percent agree with you. I was in love with him as a kid. Had all kinds of collectibles of Posters them. Posters and, and stuff, uh, yeah. Quite sad that they stopped making them. Uh, also agree with you, Corvettes are old man cars. Yep. Uh, midlife crisis cars, for sure. 100% agree. Never been a big fan of them. Newer ones are cool looking, but there's just so many other ones that are better. Yeah. Uh, and then as for, like, you were, like you were saying, like, a Lamborghini, Ferrari and stuff, so I'm going to go to that price range. Uh I'm with you on luxury. I'd have to go Ashton Martin. Yep. Uh, I feel like 007 driving in it. Anyways, you take care, Ron. I'll talk soon. But Ashton Martin's cool. I I think the only reason I, I would feel almost like it almost feels arrogant. You know what I mean? Just because it's like nobody really has them. So it's just it's almost just kind of like it's not that it isn't a cool car. I would just feel like I was only driving it to tell everybody that I'm better than all of you. Like, that's, that's, that's what you do with an Aston Martin. You drive around with a giant sign that is your car that's just two big middle fingers saying, I'm better than all of you. That's what an Aston Martin is. JJ's back. Ryan, this is Tom Cruise's character from Mission Impossible. Hey, what's up, Tom? Uh, what do you think about bringing in Ross Cockrell? Thanks for your podcast. <laughs> what? Uh, I love listening to it when I'm preparing for my next Impossible Mission. Wow. Wow, that's huge. That's really huge. I knew that we had some celebrities. Listen, I didn't think uh, uh, whatever his name is for Mission Impossible. Listen, that's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, the question is, what about Ross Cockrell? Um, I don't know. I, I guess my question would be why. Maybe your response would be why not. I don't know. Um, let's see. He's 31 years old, six foot one ninety four four three speed, fourth round pick back in 2014 by Buffalo. Um, Seems to grade out fairly well, especially in coverage. So it doesn't sound like a horrible thing, but I feel like we got corner pretty well locked up. I don't know how much we're going to have to pay this guy to be a backup, but I think he comes in and he's instantly better than everybody else. I just don't think it's something the Packers do. 
you know, let's just bring in a veteran just to kind of push down the guys that we already have here because, you know, forget them kind of thing. I'm not even saying I'm opposed to it. I'm just saying the Packers don't really do that. So, Hey, Ryan, this is Garrett. I'm trying to decide which one's more painful. Stepping on a Lego in the middle of the night, not expecting it, or having Tom call in with a fiver. Jeez. <laughs> Tom with a fiver, huh? Too much? Maybe I'm taking too long to answer him. Um, I, I will tell you this. I feel like stepping on a Lego is... I don't, I don't know if anybody else agrees with this, but it's almost like I've developed a skill to not step. I don't step on stuff nearly as much as I used to, or at least not as hard as I used to. It's almost like I, I just always assume that my next step is going to be something under it. And so I have like dad reflexes. Not saying I never step on stuff, but it just, it doesn't happen very much. And there's a lot of stuff on the floor always. Hey, Ryan, I have a question for you regarding the State Farm commercial that Aaron Rodgers does every yeah. year and has done in the past few years with Mahomes. I was just wondering, who do you think would make a great co-star with him? You know, I really loved loved it when Matthews did it with them and and the curly redheaded guy who yelled at Rodgers through the window. I was just wondering who you thought would make uh, a great co-star from the team uh, to co-star with him. Well, nobody will ever top the, the Hey Rogers guy. Um, but, I mean, the, the obvious answer, I guess, would be David Bakhtiari because they're friends and he's kind of goofy and whatnot. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'm trying to think who else would be good in that spot. The, the only other person I could think that would be entertaining would be Jair, maybe. But I'll, just, I'll go Bakhtiari. I can't do this anymore, Ryan. I just can't. I thought I could, but the release is... It hurt. The releases? And it got me thinking about the game and everything. And do we have to... The first question is, do we have to start calling him Romeo Drop? <laughs> My second question, why can't the Packers draft good, competent, second-string QBs? The third question, why are the 49ers obviously better than us? The fourth, fourth question, why is it that the Packers are the worst team in the NFC North, but will end up having the best record. Oh, God. I can't. This, this is final. Final question. They brought in a tight end, and then they got rid of a tight end. What, 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 make me, can you make sense of that? I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> Tom's Austin, by the way. After Tom's Austin. So, same. <laughs> I have to uh I have to clip that crying do we have to call him Romeo Drops now? <laughs> oh I needed that, thank you. That was funny. Um I'm not gonna call him Romeo Drops, you can. I should just because I wanna troll everybody that is so mad at me for just pointing it out on Twitter. I'm getting like fifty I think the term is ratioed from people that are wanting to remind me that some people in history have fixed their drop issues. Therefore, I shouldn't even be bringing it up. I, don't, I have no idea how one thing means the other thing. But anyways, I, I, <laughs> I'm so tempted. But, but the fan base would not handle it very well. And it'd be my luck that the team would pick up on it. And it would be this thing where I'm just like this super hyper negative person because nobody would realize that I'm just kind of joking around and kind of just making fun of over sensitive fans and whatnot but you can you can if you want call him romeo drops i think it's i think it's funny 
Uh, why can't the Packers draft a good, competent second-string quarterback? I don't know. Let's see how that goes. Third question: Why are the 49ers obviously better than us? I that I don't don't ask me that question ever again. Fourth question: Why is the Packers? Why are they the worst team in the NFC North? But will end up with the best record? I think the question is better than any quippy answer I could give. So I'm just going to leave that hang out there. That's 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 such a good question. Finally, why did they release a tight end and then bring in a tight end? I, I don't know. That whole Dominique Daphne thing is is confusing to me. The only thing I could think is they know he's not going to make the cut because they've got four guys that they know that they're going to keep. And so he's sort of the odd man out. And so they're trying to do right by him and let him go now, whereas all the other guys, it's kind of just evaluation. Who do we want to put on the practice squad, et cetera, et cetera. Continue to train up and develop and all that kind of stuff. Now, the only question I would have is, was Dominique Daphne eligible to go on the practice squad? I don't know. I don't remember the eligibility rules, and I don't feel like looking up how many years he's been in the league. If he is, then I would be a little bit even more confused. I guess the... Yeah, that that would actually be extremely confusing, especially with Gutekunst saying that, you know, it's basically just an extension of your roster and you can just call him up. He would just be your fifth tight end. So I would have to assume he's not eligible. If he is, then I'm, I'm just completely lost. I guess they just didn't like the guy. And I, I don't understand that at all. So thank you. Thank you, Thomas. I hope you're feeling better. Hey, Ryan. Hey. And the rest of the Packer Net Podcast Nation. This is uh, Joe, the janitor. Joe, the janitor. From Connecticut. Go so, on, um, so I, I wanted to call and let you know. I don't really appreciate how much my last, uh, my last call in, how my last message was, uh, was censored. <laughs> I, I really don't think I said any, anything inappropriate. Well, um, I'll do it every I, time. I guess you disagree. You know, maybe a little descriptive. Yeah, but not. In- it was descriptive. That was the issue. Inappropriate. You know, some of the things these kids stuff down the toilet. I'll tell you. Um, but anyway, <laughs> this is me uh, letting you know this will be my last day at this middle school as a janitor. <laughs> Um, they have officially let me go. Oh, dang. was on a, you know, three strike policy and, um, and yeah, uh, it just so happens to be my last day. So, um, three strikes, you know, those, those kids, man, let me tell you though, I didn't put my hands on any kids. I've never hurt the kids, but, um, so I was cleaning out my locker Yeah, and, I came across this uh, souvenir that my grandpa gave me. It's a uh, Packer guy with a helmet on. He's holding some sausage links. And it got me to thinking, um, do you uh, do you ever remember the Packers having any mascots? Uh, if so, did they have names? Like, I really can't remember an official mascot besides, like, the cheese heads. And, I mean, I don't know. Um Anyway, I got to go look for another job. Um, love the podcast. Signing out. Your biggest fan. This is Stan. Show on. Well, I mean, I, I, I would hate to ask you to elaborate at this very painful time in your life, and I am sorry about your job, but if you could do me a favor and call in and describe in detail what each of those three strikes was. I think everybody would uh, would appreciate that. I don't know of any... Green Bay Packers mascots. So 
I don't know. Maybe back in the day they had a guy with a helmet and sausage links. And if that's the case, then I think we should bring it back. And maybe maybe we should just create it if it doesn't exist, you know? Um, it should be real sausage links. I don't want some fake nonsense like foam, whatever. I'm sure somebody would donate some sausage. And um, in fact, you could probably, you know, if they score a touchdown, you could break off a link and throw it in the stand. Somebody will eat it right there, dude. Uh, you know they will. They'll slam a beer eat a block of cheese and a sausage, dude, that would be, I, I would be okay with that. I mean, it wouldn't help our image necessarily in terms of, you know, stereotyping, but I think that's fine. I think, I think we just lean into it, man. You know, let's just lean into it. Hey, Ryan, Justin. Hey. Many episodes ago, JJ called in and then you let it play for like, uh, two seconds, and then you were like, thanks to whoever paid for your Patreon to shut that call off. Yep. So my question is, how does that work? And is that a thing that, like, is a JJ exclusive type of thing, or are you willing to accept funds to shut any caller off? Thanks. So that was an instance, I believe, where somebody um, said they were going to, and then I just kind of took it on credit. I don't know if they did. I think they did. I think we did a live stream and they hit me up and were like, here's the money for that. I'm not positive. If not, they got a freebie. But the general rule is I'll do just about anything for, for a buck. So um, if you donate money and say, I want this next caller censored or I want you to bleep out half of their words or um, I'll pay you to just not play their call, you know, get creative with it. I'll probably do it. So... You know, if you guys want to have wars back and forth where you throw money at me so that I can sabotage each other's calls, we'll get weird with it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where you're going with it, but yeah, I mean, I, I will uh, maybe ask me first because I would hate for you to be like, here's some money. And then I'm just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But, you know, that's 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 the general rule. Hey, Ryan. It's Joe, the janitor. What up? From Connecticut. Well, Actually, I used to be a janitor. Right. Today, I was uh, relieved from my duties. Yeah, we know. Um, yeah, I wanted to clarify that, uh, yeah, I was on a three-strike thing, but, um, right. you know, the third strike was well worth it. Um, you know, some of the j other janitors here, hard to get along with. Um, yeah, I can imagine. You know, and... Uh, disorderly conduct might just happen once in a while it's it's, it's life um so yeah one of the other janitors just so happens to be a bears fan and um apparently i can't uh, say bad things about justin fields or it hurts his feelings um you know it is what it is wait justin don't or joe sorry joe the janitor justin was the last caller don't lie to me dude don't lie. If, if you're leaving out details, you're leaving out the good ones. Okay? That's what I know. I know that something's being left out, and it's the good part of the story. Because I can't imagine that you got fired for saying, ha-ha, Justin Fields sucks. So we'll, we'll play this out and see. Maybe you get a little bit more descriptive. But don't, don't cut out the good parts. I'm going to be looking for another job soon. Um, hey, it's the Packernet Podcast hiring. <laughs> um anyway i swear this uh this other janitor he's gonna get what's coming to him oh geez now uh 
continue to look for another job. See, it's it's comments like that that are going to make it hard for you to find employment. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't think I could because, you know, not that everybody's super careful with what they say around here, but they try to be. I would hate to wake up in the morning and look in our Discord chat and be like, yeah, so Joe threatened to kill somebody again. Um, we should probably, <laughs> we should do something about that. Um, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I, I wish you the best and I hope you find a great job. I don't think that it's going to be the easiest thing in the world if you, you know, threaten people and stuff. But, you know, I, we'll, we'll keep it between. I'm not going to tell anybody. It's between you and I. I'm just, I'm just, it's just advice from, from a friend. You know, it's only three months, one of my longest term jobs I've had so far, but, you know, I'll keep Also a red flag when you're looking for jobs. So just, just throw not that you can do anything about it at this point, but see if you can shoot for at least a year, you know, just, uh, just I'll fun. keep it up. Maybe I could, um, continue my, um, journey as a master of the janitorial arts. Maybe you can continue your journey as a podcaster. Um, anyway, figured I'd fill you in on that. Also. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. Um, he must have seen the other janitor and needed to go real quick. Hey, Ryan. This is Thomas. Hey. I'm just calling. Glad you're feeling better. Just a couple more questions. Do you like the rain, Ryan? Yes. I find it soothing. It's a lot better than heat than the hot. It's just better. Question number three. <laughs> What's your favorite um, cartoon? It can be for adults. It can be in for teenagers. It could be in for kids. Heck, one of my favorite shows is Bluey, and that's aimed for, like, preschoolers. It's a wonderful show. It's weird. And then number two. This is 4.15 p.m., by the way. For those of you thinking, dude, this guy's blitzed out of his mind. 4.15 p.m. Favorite cartoon right now? Do I watch cartoons right now? I don't think I do. I watch a lot of animated movies because it's kind of a good middle ground between, like, I don't want to watch the preschool garbage that my kids want to watch. I certainly don't want to watch Ryan anymore because I cannot stand that show. So it's like, hey, let's watch a, let's watch a Disney movie. You know, a Pixar thing because those are those are decent. It's not my number one pick, but it's it's they're fine movies. And so it's like you're kind of like doing something for your kids, but it's also like I get to watch a movie too. It's kind of cool. But cartoon, um, I'm just gonna say Animaniacs because I just cannot get that out of my head. So we're just gonna go with Animaniacs. Uh, was that my bad? Five. Question number five is um. What realistically, what what what's gonna happen this year mm-hmm. with the Packers? You know, they lost the preseason week yeah. one, and it's obviously brutal. that means they're gonna lose like all their games this year because that's what preseason does. But um, realistically, what how far are they gonna go? What can they do? They don't even have a full team yet. Uh, going. Still people injured, people coming back. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's wild. So, yeah, who would you cast in Roadhouse <laughs> instead of 
Jake Gyllenhaal. Call you later, man. All right. Bye. Bye, Tom. Um, what are the Packers going to do this year after having lost in devastating fashion to the 49ers in the preseason? Um, yeah, I mean, I had them at 11, 12 wins. Probably got to realistically drop it down sub 10. So I'll keep it optimistic and say nine wins after that loss. Um, who would I cast instead of Jake Gyllenhaal? Well, having not seen Roadhouse, again, I, I'm just picturing a semi-jack dude with big hair that punches people. So, I mean, we could go Nick Cage. <laughs> if we wanted to be super lame, we could do like The Rock. Just even though he doesn't have any hair, it's still like, you know, I don't know. Let's just throw money at this kind of thing, you know? If we wanted to win an award, we can go like Emily Blunt or something. Just because it's, you know, it's a woman and that's what you do now. Trying to be inclusive, you know? Chris Pratt seems to be all the rage, which is super weird because the guy's a giant goofball. I always think of him as a comedian, but now he's a big action star, I guess. I mean, John Cena doesn't really have that blue... That's what I'm trying to find somebody that's got like that blue collar kind of feel to him, you know? What about Hugh Jackman? He's getting a little he's getting a little up in age, you know? I feel like most of the people that would fit this role are a little bit older, but uh, he's got some of that scruff factor, you know? He's got a blue collar feel, you know? He can rock the actually having hair, not like Vin Diesel or The Rock going the bald route, but, you know, get him on some HGH. I bet you could pull it off, man. I'll go Hugh Jackman. Hello, Ryan. This is caller number five once again. <laughs> I have a possibly complicated question for you. Um, with all the hype surrounding the defense right now, I got me wondering which position group 2010 versus 2022 do you think is better? Or maybe you can use the PFF grades um, and compare the two. But uh, I think that this defense has a chance to be number one in NFL because uh, I know it was just a practice today, but they seem to be unstoppable on that line. And I think that the I think that they will be number one by the end of the year. Thank you. That's good, man. That's a good Indian. But yeah, I mean and I mentioned on the podcast tomorrow, but it's you never really know when it's just yourself versus yourself. But when the defense is beaten up on the offense and then they beat up on um the forty ers and then they beat up on the Saints. And it's not, I mean, it's brutal. I mean, the defensive line in particular, it has been nothing but pure reports of just dominance. I mean, it's it's to the point where we really thought that our offensive line was just doomed. There's nothing we can do. And then you look, and none of our top three guys played, and the, the San Francisco 49ers couldn't stop anything. TJ Slayton was an absolute freak. Again, to this day, he's our number four, and our number five didn't play. So we've got our number four and our number six were the were, you know the top guys out there. Four, six, seven. And right now, TJ Slayton, our number four, had the highest win rate of anybody in the entire NFL through the preseason at like 43% or something crazy. But when everybody's out there, Clark, Jerron, Lowry, Slayton, Heflin, Wyatt, on top of... Rashawn, Preston, and Kobe Jones, who's come out of nowhere, and and Agbar, that is really starting to blow up, on top of Tipa, who's been having a great camp. It has been pure annihilation, starting in like day two, all the way through, and against every different combination that the Packers have had, against three different teams, Packers, 49ers, Saints, 
And and I honestly think this Saints practice was the worst I've heard, or or the best, I guess, in our case, that I've heard in terms of just pure domination. And it's to the point where it's like, I have not heard this type of stuff before. I mean, you, you get reports once in a while. I, I remember, again, and I've referenced it several times, how, how Zadarius um, was beating David Bakhtiari pretty regularly, and so was Rashawn. And that was cool. You know, I distinctly remember that. I was, you know, slightly worried for David Bakhtiari, but it's still David Bakhtiari, but it gives you a good feeling about Zadarius. This isn't about a guy. You know, Romeo Dobbs is like that. It's like a guy that's just killing it. This isn't a guy. This is an entire unit. And then, it, then what you hear with the, the uh, well, I guess overall, but specifically when you're talking about the number one defense up against the New Orleans Saints, it's everybody. They couldn't do it. The offensive line couldn't block anyone. I, I heard multiple times that basically the entire defensive line got a sack. Like everybody was there on top of nobody could complete a pass on Jair. Nobody complete, could complete a pass on uh, Razul and I didn't hear Stokes' name. I don't think once. So I, you know, there was like one or two completions against Jair, but mostly shut down. Razul, I think, was zero for two. He had two pass breakups, and I again, I didn't hear Stokes' name once, which means they didn't throw at him. I didn't hear Amos's name. I didn't hear Vernon Scott's name. They weren't completing passes, and the quarterbacks had no time whatsoever, and they couldn't really run the ball. Kamal, Kamara was starting to have a little bit of success running the ball later. And also had a couple passes completed to him, including one big one for a touchdown because Quay Walker was on him, which, as people had pointed out, that's no matter how good Quay is, that's an unfair matchup. But it really is. And, and you know, I fully understand that don't get too hyped up. It's preseason. I get that. And it's entirely possible that we come out week one and it's like, well, I guess maybe we're not that good or, or whatever. Or sometimes when we get super hyped up, like for a defensive line or whatever, um, I know in the past there have been times where we are hyped up about like run defense. And for the first week, two, three weeks, whatever, the run defense is great, and then it falls off and we end the season as one of the worst run defense groups in football because I don't know why. It's just a thing that happens. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I can just say I've never seen anything like this before. Um, as a fan of a team that just generally doesn't have really good defenses, and even in 2010 it wasn't like it wasn't like this where everybody saw it coming. Everybody knew it was going to be just this elite defense. Not that we couldn't see the components, but this is everybody can see it, and then everything it touches, it just turns to dust. So, you know, I mean, as far as comparing the groups, you know, I don't know. It's hard because I'm not there. And it's easy for me to, to say now that this is so much better of a group than it was back then, because I don't remember like what it was like to be there. But I can say this, um, on this defense, there were eight players with a 70 overall grade or higher. There were three players with an 80 overall grade or higher, and one player that had a nearly 90 overall grade. And, and some of these guys, by the way, is, as far as guys that actually played, one, two, three, four, about five guys with a 70 or higher overall grade. B.J. Raji, um, Brady Papinga only played five games, but, you know, he was there. Sam Shields, the cornerback. Clay Matthews. Uh, Mike Neal only played two games, but he had a 82 overall grade. Tremont Williams, 82. Desmond Bishop had an 89 overall grade. We had Cullen Jenkins at a 66. Charles Woodson was at a 65. I know everyone's going to freak out about that because how could, how dare you put Charles Woodson so low or whatever. Um, 2009, he had a 92 overall grade. So it, this was somewhat of a drop-off, according to PFF, for him. And it, it really just had to do with inconsistencies. He had a lot of good days, but he had, against Miami, week six, a 34 overall grade, and then a 48, a 59, a 47, a 29, a 40. He had a lot of quite bad games. According to PFF, I'm, I, again, I don't know. That's, that's their stance on it. 
But if we just look unit to unit, let's look at the defensive tackles, all right? Start on the interior. B.J. Raji versus Kenny Clark. Raji did have eight sacks on the season, but he had 51 pressures on 643 attempts. He somehow had a 53 overall run defense grade, but 7.9% pressure rate. I love B.J. Raji, but I might lean Kenny Clark on this. After that, you had Cullen Jenkins. Big fan of Cullen Jenkins. Basically 13% pressure rate, which is phenomenal. Eight sacks on the season. And then Ryan Pickett. He had uh, 10 pressures and one sack on 209 attempts. So we're at like 5%, which is horrific, but solid run defender. So, you know, Cullen Jenkins is stacked. I mean, that's, that's a phenomenal pass rush season. I think it just based on reports, because again, Jerron Reed has not had a very good career. But based on the reports, he has been unstoppable. Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, who I've already said is, is massively underrated, but then also the depth beyond that. I mean, behind that, they had C.J. Wilson, Howard Green, and then Jarius Wynn. None of them graded out well. None of them really did anything. We've got T.J. Slayton, who's proving to be one of the more dominant players. Again, it's early. I don't know, but holy cow. Would I be so excited if I was way off on T.J. Slayton not being a pass rusher? Heflin seems decent for a number six defensive tackle, and Devontae Wyatt was a first-round pick with some elite skill. So would I take our defensive tackles or theirs? I think I would take ours. Fully acknowledging I might be being biased here, I don't care. What about edge rushers? Would I take Clay Matthews or Rashawn Gary? Now, Clay had a pretty solid season. He had, uh, according to this, uh, yeah, wrong guy. 74 pressures, 17 sacks, which is psychotic. Now, those are PFF sacks. I don't know what the official number is, but that's insane. But 13.3% pressure rate. That's close. Uh, based on what Rashawn did last year, clearly Rashawn was better. I know that the sacks are important and Clay had them and Rashawn doesn't. But the pressures are way higher. The run defense is through the roof for Rashawn compared to Clay Matthews. It's really not even close. Clay had a 47 overall run defense grade. But let's continue on. Preston Smith versus Frank Zombo. Frank Zombo had a 49 overall grade, 48 run defense, 52 pass rush uh, grade. He did have five sacks, but 14 pressures. Imagine that, 14 pressures and five sacks. That seems impossible at uh, at any kind of rate. But his pressure rate is, is that even possible? Let me try that again. 14 divided by 250. Um, yeah, 5.6%. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm Preston is a billion times better. Then you had Eric Walden with a 54 overall grade, 36 run defense grade, nine pressures on 147 attempts. So that's 6% for him. After that, you had Brad Jones, 46 overall grade, 49 run defense, 57 pass rush, eight pressures on 115 attempts, zero sacks. I'm sorry, I'm taking our edge rushers. Linebackers. A.J. Hawk and Desmond Bishop. Now, this is going to be tough competition because I, I just told you Desmond Bishop had a 90 overall grade. He had 23 pressures and four sacks. He had a 79.9 run defense grade, a 90.2 pass rush grade, a 77.1 coverage grade, and a 73.3 tackling grade. Now, A.J. Hawk had a 65 overall grade, but added an additional 17 pressures and a sack on top of actually a solid coverage grade. Good tackling grade. The run defense, not super great. Pass rush, not super great. But that's tough. Even if, you know, let's say Devondre Campbell can replicate his, you know, 90-ish overall grade like Desmond Bishop got, I don't expect too much more from Quay than like a 65 overall grade as a rookie. Maybe he gets a 70, I don't know, but that's a high bar. 
So I, I would have to give them that respect as much as it seems crazy because nobody really thinks about the linebackers when they think about the 2010 team. But um, I might have to give that to 2010. Cornerbacks, um, Tremont Williams, Charles Woodson, Sam Shields. I mean, that's that's a great group right there. Tremont had nine interceptions and 15 pass breakups. I love Jair. He's not going to get nine interceptions and 15 pass breakups. I just, I just, there's no way. Um, Charles Woodson had two interceptions and eight pass breakups, 85.3 passer rating. And then Sam Shields, an additional four interceptions and four pass breakups. You want to know why this team was so good? The amount of interceptions is insane. Well, we'll get to the safeties, but that's another one. Insane amount of picks. A.J. Hawk had three interceptions, for crying out loud. It's crazy. That's what made this defense so good was the picks. I mean, I, 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 it feels crazy because I love our corners, but I don't know how you don't take Tremont, Charles Woodson, and um, Sam Shields. And, and number four was Jared Bush. I like Jared Bush. <laughs> I thought he was fine. He had an additional pick on top of it. You know, one or two interceptions is, is pretty standard. The fact that our number four had a pick, Sam Shields had four, Woodson had two, and Tremont had nine. Even if we want to say, okay, Tremont had the picks, but he's not as good of a cover guy as Jair. Okay, is Stokes better than Charles Woodson? I think you got to give them the corners. And then the safeties, Nick Collins, Charlie Pepper. Now, as far as the grades, they didn't grade out very well. Charlie Pepper, 58. Nick Collins, 64 overall grade. Not probably his best year. I know Nick Collins is a phenomenal safety. But five interceptions, seven pass breakups. Again, the picks, the picks, the picks, the picks, the picks. So many interceptions by this defense, which kind of explains why it kind of came out of nowhere, right? This is, this is one of those things where you expect regression, and there obviously was. I mean, not, some people left, but still, the drop-off in 2011 was substantial, partially or largely because much of the success was the ridiculous and unsustainable amount of interceptions by this defense. This is freaking unheard of. So from a talent standpoint, I'd probably lean our guys just because Amos is so much better. But um, if you factor in the production with the picks and everything else, it's hard. It's hard, man. I don't know. So much of this is a toss-up. So many of the... And and that's probably a good thing. Even if I give it to them and you go, oh, that stinks. Because 2010, then you're giving linebackers, corners, and safeties, and we we get the defensive front is better this year. Yeah, but it's it's, it's still a toss-up. The corners are close, the linebackers are close, the safeties are close, and and for a lot of similar reasons. The fact that they have three good corners, and we have three good corners. The fact that they've got, like, the one good safety, and then the one, like, yeah, you know, whatever, safety, same thing. Same with the linebackers. You got one guy that's, like, elite, and one guy that's, you know, he serves a purpose, and he's solid. He got his picks, but, you know, maybe not the play isn't quite... I, I could see that being our linebackers. I see this as being a very similar unit. And you could also say it's it's... If you don't look at it and just say, forget the picks, who's, who's, who are better players? In that case, I'm going our safeties and possibly our corners. Because again, you got to remember, this is not Charles Woodson, peak Charles Woodson. This is a year after peak Charles Woodson. Tremont, 82 overall grade. Woodson, 65 overall grade. And then Sam Shields, 73. Again, may, maybe it's close. Maybe it's close. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's It's... It's exciting, and, and just the fact that we can probably look at it and say, I think we're going to have a better defensive front, if nothing else, 
That's exciting. Because I, I like this group, man. Clay Matthews and BJ Raji. And again, Cullen Jenkins and Ryan Pickett. I love that front, man. But anyways, that's enough rambling. We got one more call to get to. I know this is a long one. Hey, man. This is a strong bad. Calling in. I'm not sure why you won't play my calls on your internet radio production. But uh, I called in because I got a attack ad I want to run on Homestar. Homestar? Yeah, I'm for city council, too. Oh, jeez. And, man, it'd be kind of lame if I don't win my first election. So I got some material. Want to see what you can do with it. Okay. Uh, Homestar is so cheap. He only uses off-brand Kleenex. <laughs> uh, maybe that's not such a good one. No. Did you hear? Homestar's running mate is the poop smith. I mean, what's up with that, eh? And, uh, all right. Uh, Homestar's not even a purebred Wisconsinite. I heard he's got a cousin who lives in Minnesota. So, see what you can do with that, okay? <laughs> and now you know why I don't play Strong Bad's calls. <laughs> Sorry, we got to end it on that one. Um, best of luck to you, Strong Bad, with your, um, you know, your campaign against Homestyle Runner Auto, who hopefully is going to send us some campaign posters so we can see how he spells his name and what what the heck is going on there but uh, anyways you guys have a good night and i will talk to you tomorrow have a good one bye-bye